Oh, God. It's Friday. Hello, everybody. Womenology Podcast, Sarah. Yeah. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I am. Uh, <laughs> I can't tell you or the, to the people listening at the very least. We must record this like every single time. We must record it at least twice. Yeah. Because something goes wrong with w- something. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're here. Yay. Yeah. Sarah, how was your week? It was good. It was really good. Um, my class is canceled tomorrow, which awesome. is Saturday. So mm-hmm. I will take it. And this is exciting. You you know now what I'm going to say, but mm-hmm. uh, last week or not? Well, this past week, right. I was able to get my hands on a cheese advent calendar. <laughs> so pretty excited about December. Yeah, I bet I bet you are. Who wouldn't be? Who wouldn't right. be? Sarah? I mean, right, <laughs> right. Uh, yes. So I'm very happy for you that you got your advent calendar. Thanks. You're very welcome. Um, we're about to uh, go into the uh, the white men are garbage section of this podcast for a second. We're gonna we're gonna delve into it. Uh, so I ha- I'm still walking the dogs, loving it. I brought a dog to our local dog park because the owner asked me to. Mm-hmm. For people who walk dogs, if you listen, don't go to a dog park with anybody's dog but your own, unless it's off-peak hours. Uh, Well, I guess I'm saying, if you live in New York City, like, we have, there's a dog park near my apartment, and there's one for small dogs and mid-sized dogs and large dogs. And uh, the the one for mid and large-sized dogs, they're just, the dogs are crazy aggressive, and the parents don't really do anything about it, and it, it, it could just lead to a lot of problems, like what happened Sunday. So I'm with my dog and on the leash, I would never take someone else's dog off the leash. And we're playing with a tennis ball in our own little corner. And out of nowhere, this 50, 60 pound bulldog charges us and grabs onto the leash. And so my dog starts barking and this dog is growling. And the owner, who I noticed the minute I walked in because he just looked so angry and he was, you know, crouching down in front of the bulldog saying, knock it off, knock it off which immediately makes him look like an asshole. So he comes over and I have the leash wrapped around my forearm. He yanks the leash from me to get it out of the dog's mouth. Hmm. And I get home in the shower later and I see this long, this round black mark on my forearm. And I'm thinking that my, maybe my sweater dye like leaked onto my skin. Nope, because when I touched it, it hurt. And it was a bruise. Yeah. And I and I posted it on Facebook. Uh, I mean, on Instagram. Uh, it's like a three-inch, four-inch around bruise. Yeah. It's large. It's large. So there was that. And then a few hours later on the same night, I'm taking Luca out for a walk. And I hear yelling. I hear a man yelling. And there is somebody in my building who does this frequently because he watches sports. Okay. So I was just about to blow it off and be like, oh, it's that guy again, until I heard this. And it was clearly a trash bag that had glass in it being thrown or being dumped on the ground. So I stopped. And Luca, see, she doesn't hear this sort of interaction. So she's walking towards the door and she cocks her head. And it was, it was sweet, but at the same time, it was 
uh, a little, it was sad because she was, you could tell she could sense something was, wasn't right. Mm -hmm. So before I play these clips, I want to just put a trigger warning out there for verbal abuse. So if you, you might want to skip forward maybe about a minute. So I'm going to play these clips. You might be able to hear what they're saying. Uh, if not, I'll play the clip, end it, and then I'll tell everybody what they're saying. So I will start with the with the first one. So he is throwing the garbage bag and he says, maybe one time you'll take this shit out. And he's talking about the garbage and she's crying in the background saying, what is wrong with you? Yeah. And there's this one. You're useless. You are a fucking sugar mama. Mm. Sounds like the opposite of useless. Sucks to learn that you are fucking useless. Okay. Guess, look at me, look at me, look at me in my eyes. Guess who's going to clean up your mess? And she's crying. And he says, I am. And he screams. Now, I think I mentioned to you. I don't know if it was on the show or in our little pre-show confab Mm -hmm. that I was in the elevator with this couple a couple of weeks ago and he was petting Luca and he was, he said, at least, at least somebody likes me. And I knew then (laughs) (laughs) that he was trying to get at her. Yeah. Clearly. Clearly. And, I I just now I had never heard anything like this before. I had no idea that this was going on in this relationship. Yeah. And but I went when I had that interaction with them in the elevator I I got that sick feeling. And so when I heard this um you know I was visibly shaking especially hearing her because you can just tell she's terrified yeah and confused and and uh you know I was just, she was just terrified and confused and hurt and angry and just there's so much going on so I get outside and I'm shaking and I'm thinking what do I do what do I do I can't not do something so yeah. I called the domestic violence uh line of my local precinct and I spoke to the detective 
And I had Googled this guy and found something that uh, alluded to him having uh, him being explosive. Mm-hmm. So I told the police officer his name. I told him his apartment and the, the and I said, I have all this recorded. And he said, well, I can't take an official report from you because you weren't there, but I can go and do a wellness check. And if the girlfriend says that, yes, there was a dispute, I possibly can then fill out a, a formal report. Mm-hmm. Great. So he comes over with, it, it's two extremely hot cops walking into my lobby. <laughs> what are the odds? What are the odds? And he comes up to the ele- up in the elevator with me, said, okay, go into, please go into your apartment. I'm going to wait a second and then I'm going to go to the, his apartment. I don't want him to see me with you. So he goes to the apartment and about 10 minutes later, five minutes later, I get a phone call. He's in the lobby, the cop, hot cop, hot cop is in the lobby. And he says, uh, he wasn't home. I'm going to come back later in the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said, but please hold on to all that stuff that you have. Hold on to the recording because if she, if she does say that there was a dispute and she decides to say something, we're going to need that. Yeah. So I hold on to it and you know, you were part of an email change, email chain that I had sent the clips to saying, what the, what do I do? Yeah. And there was this one person who just kept going, call the police, call the police, call the police. Right. And I was getting more, very agitated because it's not that simple. Nope. <laughs> and I, I would hope that we wouldn't need to necessarily explain why, but right. we need to Be- explain why? A- a- apparently we do. All right. Because- um, calling the police and having the police go over there could incense him, and he could he will un- inevitably take it out on her. Yep, it would make the situation for her that much more more contentious and also more dangerous. Yeah. So, I finally did call the police, but in the, in that time the the thoughts and what do I do and what happens and what about this and what about that? And, you know, I was talking to what, I think what really bothered me, you know, aside from hearing her, cause you just know she was cowering. You just know she was absolutely terrified and she was in there by herself. And all I could think was somebody needs to protect her. And that's like my shit. That's stuff from my history of abuse coming up you know somebody needs to take care of her and somebody needs to step in so when i at the point at one point when i was listening to this as it was happening i went over to the door and i pounded it i mean i pounded it to the point where my left hand was i was sore and they quieted down and i think he might have looked out the door i don't know if he saw me or not mm-hmm. so a couple nights later i'm taking luca out for a walk and i see her coming around the corner and i'm like good because I wanted to get her alone and to say, hey, I heard this. I'm here. I'm not going to lecture her because that's not my place. Right. And you don't know what kind of reaction you're going to get. All I like, all you, all I wanted to do was to be, to say, I'm here. That's it. No judgment. I don't want, we don't have to get into it. I'm just letting you know, I heard it. I recorded it and I'm here. So I was just about to say something when he comes around the corner behind her. Oh, damn it. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> and I was, well, I bet like, she's not really allowed to be alone that often. 
you exactly exactly and he saw me and he was like hey mr nice guy so when people say to you oh him that guy no he seems so nice <sighs> i don't even know what to say to that so yeah and i'm still debating whether or not i want to tell my landlord um yeah that's a that's a separate question that's a separate question because yeah. I don't want to see her get lose her apartment. You know, I don't want to see her yeah, lose. It sounds like lives. it's hers. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, no, I think he's just dumb and he doesn't know what a sugar mama is. Oh, you think he got it backwards? Yeah. You no. think? Yeah. <laughs> so whatever. In any case, it was just very upsetting. And it was also very upsetting to have someone badger me. Call the police, call the police, call the police. And I, and the also upsetting was I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, you cannot tell me nobody else heard that. Well, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I was thinking. I kind of was hoping that, well, actually any, any time a situation like this arises, I think everyone around it is hoping someone else has already dealt with this. Right. Right. Yeah. They're, they're hoping they don't have to get involved. It was. The, the the clips of her crying are, are awful, awful. Just, and I, I like just thinking about it. It just gets me very angry. And it gets me angry that, okay, well, I'm going to come by and do a welfare check. Well, they weren't here. Got to go by. Yeah. You know, call the police for what? Oh, and then and oh, well, at least then it'll be on record. Well, not really. I mean, on what record? That the notepad he keeps on his fucking desk? Yeah. You know, I could, you can't file a report. So what good, like, what good does any of this do? I literally have it on tape. Well, he said that couldn't hold up because, you know, he could say that's not me. Right. Yeah. It's really frustrating. I mean, and this is, I mean, just, just one example of why it's so hard to get out of these situations. Yeah. Why it's so hard and why it's so, so dangerous. So dangerous. And I, I really, you know, somebody in my building the next day I was talking to her and she said, you know, I guess I just don't understand why people stay. And I said, trust me, I used to say the same thing until I went through this course. And it's, it's called trauma bonding, where it's sort of a form of Stockholm syndrome, where this very warped bond forms between an abuser and his victim. Yeah. And it, they uh, go back and forth. The, one day they're so nice and everything's great, and the next day they're awful. And the the victim is so turned around in their head, and they've been so convinced that it was there. Because listen to that argument. He's justifying this rage because she didn't take the fucking trash out. Right. So he's convincing her, and then he's doing it in public. Oh, at least somebody likes me. So you, what did you know. What did you say when he said that? I Do didn't want to look at her because I didn't want to embarrass her. I said nothing. I didn't laugh because it it immediately I was it, it, it immediately let me know that there's something very bad about this relationship. Yeah. Cuz I'd never seen it before between them. So is this the first time that you have heard him screaming like that? 
at at a, her. I've heard him screaming yeah. at games. Yeah. And that's why that at first I thought, oh, him, he's doing this bullshit again. Right. And then I heard the crash and I stopped. And I and then and then I listened and then I just took out my phone. And there's Luca, you know. Tippy tappy, tippy yeah. tappy with the long nails that I clearly need to clip. <laughs> <laughs> and just and if I said, you know, if I just went, Luca, get him. Well, he wouldn't attack anybody. He would, he'd get very aggressive and he'd start growling and he'd start barking very loudly. Uh, so it, it's nice to have him, her, have her with me. Yeah. But even with a, I have a 70 pound fucking pit bull with me and it's, you're still terrified. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's, it's not as simple as call the police. Nope. Nope. <laughs> if it was, this wouldn't be a thing. Right. And, and yet it is a thing. Uh, so there's that. But on a, a, let's move it along. Um, the dog walking. I love the dog walking. Absolutely love it. It is such joy. And this week, there are two dogs in my neighborhood that I regularly walk. And I was walking to yoga the other day. And I see this one dog. And the dog and I make eye contact. <laughs> and the dog pulls the owner just a little bit. And I walk towards, and I, not the owner, the walker, I, because the dog was wearing a wag kerchief. And I pointed at the dog. I said, Is that dog's name Cooper? And she said, Yeah. And he jumps up on my leg and he starts doing this, like, to me, like he's talking to me. <laughs> yeah. Tell you all about his day. I'm like, you tell me a story. You tell, tell me your story. And then a few days earlier, I was out for my 6 a.m. or whatever walk with this dog, Kona, and another dog that I walk. Like, we're a good 20 feet apart, and I see this dog look at me and then stop. And then, and I just thought, oh, he must be noticing my dog, the dog I'm with. And so we start getting going around the same, we're on the same block. And I get closer and I said to the person walking and I said, is that dog's name Pippa? And she said, yeah. And uh, it was the dog that I walk and the, he's jumping up and down and he finally like lies on the ground because that means I don't want to move. I want to stay right here. Mm -hmm. And it was, you know, I don't, <laughs> it was just so, it's just something that really touches me, I guess. I don't know. It, it fills some kind of void in my life, clearly. Um, but I love it. I absolutely love it. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Good. Um, th also, other things I love, um, ask Prudence. Hmm. <laughs> and, oh, and Polly. Ask, ask Polly. Asking Polly, yeah. Other thing I love is nonsensical, disjointed Ask Polly columns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this one is about having a nemesis. <laughs> <laughs> I love this topic. It's a great topic. Yeah. Um, can you read? sections of it okay sure um <laughs> it's it's just so long okay uh i've been with my husband for 13 years we're pretty happy we have two sweet but often annoying kids we both run interesting but often challenging businesses we've lived in four different countries all in all pretty great this letter's about him but not really 
A few years into our relationship on a night out, one of his friends told me at length about a woman my husband had dated for a few years. I got all the gossip, the usual stuff about the fact that this particular friend disliked her and was happy to see the back of her when they broke up. Uh, right or wrong, that's the sort of stuff you like hearing about your partner's ex. <laughs> Uh, most people might have just forgotten about that, but I've had an unhealthy interest. Um, I committed it to memory, and when I had some downtime at work, I went into a deep internet sleuth mode and found her online. It turns out she's running a business uh, that she wrote about in detail online. She had a know-it-all tone that sucked me in in a train crash type of way. Uh, this was back in the early days of the internet, and seeing what she was doing inspired me to spend a bit of time on my own passion. I launched my own business that was in line with my interests and values. But ultimately, I can admit that it was what she was doing that inspired it. Turns out I was good at it. And after a short time, I left my corporate job to work on it full time. I've had recognizable success in my field, been doing this for over a decade. This might sound insane, but I think all the while I have been watching her and she's been watching me. Often I would see a reflection of what I had done in her work or a pointed jab made to something that I had published or worked on in her posts. Recently, she started a business based on an idea that I had in a similar format and tone. In case you think I'm just nuts, she also continually blocks and unblocks me on social media. Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> her life has been playing out in real time as if, as it's the ultimate form of reality TV. And you know what? It's got nothing to do with my husband. He barely registers in this situation. Uh, she was a tiny blip on his radar, whereas for me, she has shaped my whole existence. <laughs> she has become, without a doubt, my nemesis. On days she is doing great, I feel a little worse. <laughs> on days life seems to suck for her, I feel better. If she tweets something amazing and people love it, I feel empty inside. If she's quiet for a few months, I gloat that maybe she's struggling. Huh. Recently, yeah. my husband and I decided to move back to the West Coast to spend more time with my family. And although proximity doesn't make much of a difference, I stay up to date on her no matter where I am. It does make me think that maybe it's time to kick this habit. Maybe. And before you tell me to quit this and get another hobby... I'm a gal with plenty of hobbies. In fact, I turned one of them into a business and then a franchise. Huh. <sighs> so I just want to interject here and, and do my best Rod yeah. Burgundy impression and say, <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> I'm going to say, wow, that really escalated quickly. <laughs> and then she's following me and I'm following her and she says this and she blocks me and I, I don't know. I, I think, you know, this scenario is very, very familiar to me because I have absolutely um, fixated on people that I felt were doing things that I wanted to do yeah, or that exhibited behavior that I've exhibited in the past and probably am very ashamed of, but I wasn't aware of that at the time. Well, I mean, this is like, this is the, the reason hate reading exists, right? right. Like this is definitely a thing <laughs> uh, that we all do, but I, I do really like 
in this case. I I like the the twist of there being a nemesis. It's like hate reading, but this time it's personal. Because <laughs> all all of the people that I hate read, and I, I think this is this is true for the most part across the board. I I think we hate read people anonymously. Like we'll we may hate read Caroline Calloway, right, or Lena Dunham. We don't know these people. We hate read Goop. We're not you know we're, we don't know Gwyneth. Um, so I like the twist of the nemesis a lot. <laughs> well, it, it implies. Because a nemesis, and I'll never forget that one of the people that I became very fixated on, after we had sort of uh, cleared the air, I read her blog, and in her blog, she said, this was a woman that I considered my number one nemesis. And I'm like, dude, really? So you were her nemesis? Yeah. I'm like, really? Yeah. I'm like, okay. And this, like, I, I... I, I still apologize to her because I think I, because I wrote about her a lot and because she was a blogger and uh, I just never thought that I really, I, and here it was that I thought I was the one who was, um, I, I don't know, like that I was making too much of it. And it turns out that she was making a lot of it too. <laughs> um <laughs> But I, I, I've done this, and in certain situations, I've actually become good friends with a, a blogger that I used to have this this nemesis relationship with. Yeah, it seems easy to cross that line. Cross the line into becoming friends, or cross yeah. the line into it being really unhealthy. Friends. Yeah, I, I think that if you are self aware, you can. And she was very self aware, and you know, she extended the olive branch. And we just talked and, you know, we were just so much alike. We had so much alike. She's a, I have to say, a, a hundred times better writer than I could ever be. And I, uh, I think blogging and just, just the general beating you take as a blogger, I think that really put her off to writing, which I think is a shame because she's just a phenomenal writer. And when you talk, you realize and you talk about like what you were thinking at the time that you were you were like watching what they were doing and hate reading them. You realize that you you had the same motivations, mm-hmm. you know. And then there's the unhealthy, unself aware kind where it's just ugly, you know, where it's just ugly and it eats away at you. And yeah, I had one of those too. Yeah. I wonder whether this woman's nemesis knows that she's married to her former (laughs) ex-boyfriend. I wonder if this nemesis really even knows she exists. Well, that's, that's a fair question as well. Yeah. There's, yeah, I don't, I'm not entirely sure what to make of the, the claim that she blocks and unblocks. I mean. Right. I think that a lot of times You'll think that someone blocked you, but it's just like a, a glitch in social media. I've seen that <clears throat> when I'm, you know, hate reading people. Yeah. I've noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely noticed that. Um, but I, I think that she has built this – this. I, I guess what I don't understand is it's not like it was a recent ex. It's not like it was an ex – 
that was trying to get back into the the boy the boyfriend's or husband's life. Right. It was an ex who had completely moved on. And so it it I don't know that this had really like she said it really had nothing to do with the husband. Yeah. No, yeah, I believe that. <laughs> I think it had everything to do with her looking at this woman and seeing the professional accomplishments. Mhm. And thinking, why can't I do that? Yeah. And it and it ended up motivating her. You know, of course, if this story was real, which it is not, because I'm telling you right now, nothing in this – these columns are all all written by what's-her-face. Yeah. Heather. So – but it's a real – it's a real scenario. And I, and I do think, you know, I have a couple of people, and one is even a guy, who's a writer. And I – sometimes check in on him and I saw something recently which made me think he got a writing job fuck he got a writing job yeah and that really makes me want to get back to writing yeah I hope he's not doing well (laughs) oh that person because you know who he is (laughs) yeah that one (laughs) I don't I don't really have a nemesis but I I, I there are people that I'm like oh, I wonder what happened to and then I'll Google them and I'll be like oh it seems like they're doing well damn it <laughs> damn it and and I never do that with people that I hope are doing well isn't isn't that interesting yeah. I I never check up on people that I've lost touch with that I'm like oh I hope I hope things worked out. Yeah, that's really, I don't do that either. I don't, uh, I really don't. I think I've had like moments of, God, I wonder what that person's doing. And I'll do like a cursory, I'll put in their name and their last name and it's like, nothing comes up. And then I'll go, well, yeah. okay, can't find anything. Right. And then it's someone that I hate and it's like first name, keywords. <laughs> you know, how can I, what do I know about them? Uh, lives here, keyword. They like to do, they like yoga. <laughs> it's extensive. Mm. So yeah, I think I think we seeing that other people aren't doing well, I think makes us feel better because we we usually do that stuff when we're feeling bad about ourselves, right? Um pro- probably, yeah. I haven't I haven't really been self-aware enough <laughs> to notice when I when I turn to Google. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um I do remember though mid 2008 recession i read something in the times about how um people were uh like people in a given neighborhood across the board could be suffering but if they could point to a neighbor or a cousin who was doing worse than them then they were relatively happier than people who were objectively worse off than them does that make sense? Like, yes, it does. It if does. they, if they, I mean, it. Well, I mean, it doesn't make sense, <laughs> right? But, but it just goes to show that, like, your your happiness is entirely based on, like, can you point to someone doing worse than you? But I, I understand that. I, I do get I that do too. It's, it's good to have a sense of scale. I think, <laughs> um, because we all have such, such different lives, mm-hmm. right? And if you. I think you have to use the people around you mm-hmm. because you should be having similar experiences, right? If I if I compare my life to Meghan Markle's, like obviously I'm going to be sad, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, you will. But if I compare it to my neighbors, I'm like, oh, 
that's not bad. Right, but I think we kind of, I think we sort of need, uh, I think we need, was it Roxanne Gay that talked about her nemesis? And. Well, I haven't read that, but um, that Roxanne Gay comes up in the uh, rambling response <laughs> to this letter. <laughs> Give us an example of that rambling response, response would you? Okay, at least I'm still scrolling to it. <laughs> I'm still scrolling to it. Okay, here we go. I've never been motivated to succeed in a vacuum. I think you have trouble finding your way forward, too. You have created an email address for this letter, so I would never figure out who you are. So even as you stalk your nemesis, learning more and more about her perspective and her experiences, you erase your own steps. Okay, I'm going to interject there for a second. Um, How does she know she did that? That's like head hopping. That's a a good question. I'm not sure how she knows it's a fake email. Oh, see, that that was a rhetorical question because, see, she wrote the letter. Well, well, right, yeah. (laughs) Um, I... I have to be honest with you. I I have a master's degree <laughs> in reading, basically, and I cannot make heads or tails of this response. Well, you can't make this heads is or- like fucking Ulysses. You can't make heads or tails of most of her responses, though. This right? Is, this is something else. Yeah. I can usually extract a theme. <laughs> uh. I, I I got nothing. There are no thematic elements here. There are no motifs. There's no unifying anything. Uh, it is... Yeah, I guess it's more like Finnegan's Wake than Ulysses. So that was a careless, careless thing for me to say. It's more Finnegan's Wake. Uh, I got nothing here. I don't know what the answer is. Sorry. Let me, let me see. Hold on. <laughs> None of these ways you're behaving are remotely pathological. I'm not trying to paint you as unfeeling or unwell in any way. You strike me as someone I'd like a lot if I met you. Do we really need to say why that is? Or has everyone figured this one out? You're a very clear writer. You're a very clear writer. Jesus, she's just complimenting herself. Yeah. (laughs) You're a very clear writer, and I think you're also someone who avoids big trouble by making careful choices about where to invest her energy. You have pretty consciously avoided mixing your feelings for your husband into this situation. That might come off as cold, but given what you do say about the health of your marriage, I think you're just making smart, careful choices, which is what being happy within a marriage is all about. After all, in spite of this one obsession, you have a lot of self-control, but I can't possibly answer the question of whether or not you should drop your nemesis without asking you to dive deeper into what she does for you, what role she plays in your life, and why she remains unlikable to you after all this time and after all of this exposure to her ups and downs. I don't know. I kind of got the feeling that the letter writer was very self-aware about why she was doing what she was doing and the benefits and and the benefits and the downside of it. Like I didn't, I didn't get any sense that the letter writer was confused. No. And then there's just no answer. I guess what I'm asking, Polly, is whether or not you think this is an addiction that's ruining my life. I mean, it, you've gone to great lengths to prove that it has only enhanced your life. Why are you now asking if it's ruining your life? Yeah. 
what she's really asking is, does this make me crazy? (laughs) Right? That's a different question. That's a totally different question. And I I don't think it makes anybody crazy. Um, I, I, as someone who has, you know, when I, when my depression was really, really bad and I was still, still figuring it out before I had been diagnosed, if I was feeling bad, I'd like, I liked to press the bruise and I would check up on that guy's social media, Mm -hmm. knowing that it was just going to make me feel worse. Right. So there is this, if it's unhealthy, it's unhealthy to you. Yeah. You know, as long as it stays with you and you're not crossing the line, you know, it's counterproductive. It's not the healthiest way to uh, act, not the healthiest behavior to exhibit, but it doesn't make you, doesn't necessarily make you unstable. I think it's the motivation that it, that is the real issue. It's not the act itself, but the but the motivation behind it is what that, I think is troubling. That sounds like an answer. Thank you. Ask Christian. That's not the answer. <laughs> well, I'm not getting paid by, by the word, you know. Uh, I'm trying to dig into something a little dirtier than what you've presented. This is Polly saying it because I have a gut feeling that's what you need. Not everyone needs to show the world their full self. Fuck it. I'm not even, this is so stupid. She's just getting paid by the word. Uh, I think nemesis, nemesis, can, nemesis <laughs> can be very healthy if they motivate you to become better. But I also think, I also think that if you're self-aware enough and you're willing to, to dig deep enough, they can also help you figure out things about your psyche, about your emotional well-being that aren't good. Yeah. And it, they could re- it could really point you in the direction of what do I need to work on? You know, where do I need to start digging? So, uh, but that's only if it uh I mean, if it if it gets to the level of nemesis, right? Which is a step beyond hate. Yeah, reading. and a nemesis really, let's keep in mind that both people kind of have to be aware that they're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it can't be a one sided relationship. It can't be a one sided thing. You're just a stalker. <laughs> you know, and she's the person you're stalking. That that's it. And that's again not the greatest way to behave, but what are you gonna do? <laughs> what are you gonna do? And scene. Um so moving on. Sarah, I have a question for you. Okay. Can men and women be friends? I think so. But what do you think? No, I do not. <laughs> well, that's perfect. That's that's really great fodder. We didn't plan this. <laughs> we didn't plan this, people. Uh, so why did you ask me that question earlier this week? Uh, it came up because my husband came home from a work happy hour with this story. He says, uh, happy hour was great, and um, Brett and Amelia were there. They left together, um, or not together, but like within five minutes of each other. And after they both had left, Karen asked me, are Brett and Amelia dating? Uh, Brett and Amelia are both married to other people. Um, So there's that. And then 20 or so minutes after that, Rick asked me, are Brett and Amelia dating? 
Um, and so my husband was like, do you think I should tell Brett that people think that he's dating Amelia? Because once is like a coincidence, twice he, may wa- he might want to know. And I was like, no, <laughs> I don't think you should tell either of them because I think it's going to make them feel weird and they're going to start acting weird around each other when, you know, right now they're obviously friends. Um, but if you tell them that people think that they're dating, they're probably going to um, like try to inject a distance so that it's clear that they're not dating and ultimately ruin the friendship when there's no reason for them to feel weird about it because they're both, you know, they know they're not dating. They're both married to other people. So that's how this came up. And these Brett and Amelia, they're married to other people. Yes. Okay. Here's where I disagree with you. Okay. If somebody, if there was like a brewing rumor that I was cheating on my spouse, I'd want to nip that in the bud right quick. Well, that's a good point. I don't know if, if the people asking know that Brett and Amelia are both married. That's, that's a good question. I'm not sure about that. Yeah, uh, because I see s- situations like that spiraling out very quickly. Well, sure. Yeah, I yeah, like I said, I I don't know, I don't know whether the people asking think that. I think they they probably think that Brett and Amelia are both single. Okay, and you know what? I need to qualify my answer a okay. bit. Um, if one of the Man, uh, man or woman is gay, then yes. Mm, okay, yeah, that's I, not the, that's not the case here. I don't believe that men and women can be friends without there being. I, I hate to quote when Harry <laughs> met Sally, without there be some sort of something there, a curiosity, a, a, a latent interest or attraction. So, and maybe I'm speaking. I don't know. I I, I don't think so. I think that, that there's always going to be there's uh, there's always going to be something that could potentially get involved that could ruin the dynamic or that where someone's feelings are going to get hurt. I mean, I I think that definitely can happen, um, but it it I just I feel like it it probably doesn't happen as often as people think. Mm. I like to think that we've evolved since the 80s (laughs) i know when harry met sally is a classic film (laughs) but um i i don't know i just i think i I like to think that we've evolved and that men and women can be friends Uh, yeah i don't i don't believe that unfortunately i just don't i don't know maybe i'm basing that on my on my experiences but i i mean i guess Okay, I guess what's the difference between men and women being friends and women being friends if one of them is gay? Right? Like, that's like saying, like, oh, a straight woman can't be friends with a lesbian because there may be some latent interest. But, like, well, no, straight, straight because women are friends with lesbians all the time. So, well, no, that would only work if the two women were both lesbians. If one of them's straight, then there's no chance of something happening. Well, but I, I mean, everybody's a little bit gay, I oh, guess, is, is my point. Are you seriously <laughs> going to use that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's my point, actually, is that, like, y- you know, men and women can be friends because ultimately two women could hook up 
two men could hook up. You know what I mean? Like if that's going to happen, it's going to happen. And it's, it's not necessarily inviting disaster. If you have a straight man and a straight woman in a friendship. But here's what, here's where I think the difference is in a case where it's say a gay man and a straight man or a gay woman and a straight woman. I think the issue of sexuality, it's like a, that's a perfect out. And so there's no hard feelings like, oh, it's not that I don't find you attractive. I'm just not gay. Whereas if it's two, a straight man and a straight woman and there's no attraction, the, the person being rejected is really going to internalize that, right? And there's going to be hurt feelings. There's going to be hurt feelings regardless. Like, if, oh, there's going to be disappointment, but there won't be like a resentment or a contempt or anything that sort of brews like, oh, they didn't want me. I, I just, I don't think it always has to go there. <laughs> I, you know, if you're mutually unattracted <laughs> to each other, then you're never going to bring it up and then no one's ever going to feel rejected. Uh, yeah, okay. I just think or that. Or if you just have self-control. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in this situation where I'm like entering into a cool friendship with a woman who's gay. And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't notice anything. I don't, th- there's no issue. Right. But I think that's because I know, well, she knows I'm straight. So, well, Jesus, I don't even know how to describe that because it's not like, oh, I'm afraid she'll hit on me. I don't believe, like, th- just because I'm a woman doesn't mean she finds me attractive. Right. And just because she's gay doesn't mean, like, she hits on everybody. Well, right. But I, I, I'm saying it's the same in a male-female friendship. Yeah, I don't agree with that. I just think there's, I just think there's, uh, I know you think that people are more evolved. I do not. Okay. <laughs> I like to think we've, we've evolved since the 80s. Well, do you have male friendships? I do. Huh. Okay. Well, let's move on. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, well, I mean, <laughs> that's why I think it's possible. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, it definitely helps if everyone is married, not to each other. Okay, see? here, But here you go. You're doing it. Well, it definitely helps if I'm married because then I have that out, right? I have that line that they can't cross. And I don't have to say anything because it's understood. Um, It's more like it just never even comes up. Yeah. Because you're both married. So you have a safety. Yes? Yeah. Okay. I guess. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like I need a safety. You know, well, you can only say that confidently if you weren't married. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? If you're saying, well, if I wasn't married, I'd feel the same way. Well, you don't know that because you're not married because you are married. <laughs> well, but I'm saying the, the, the male friends that I have in some cases, they were married before I was right. Mm-hmm. Or like we've been friends since like middle school or high school. Hmm. Okay then i'm wrong then so like if something was gonna happen <laughs> it probably would happen by now and we're all married so it just it, it seems possible to me okay what if what if you met somebody now at work or at the gym or you know somewhere and, and it was a guy and what is the question and i was friends with him and you be, and you w- embarked on a friendship with them. Uh-huh. 
What would happen? I don't know. I don't have any new male friends. <laughs> what if, okay. I, I can see that no matter how many questions I ask, you're still going to come back with the same answer. So I, I think we disagree. Oh, I don't think it. I know it. I think that if there is a spark, right, if there's a real rapport between a man and a woman, mm-hmm. I think it would be, I, I just think there would be a temptation there or a curiosity. I don't know. That's how yeah, I, that's, I don't, I don't know. I'm older I think than you. Can, you so I think you could be interested in someone on a, on a human level and not want to see their genitals. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, um, speaking of seeing someone's genitals, let's talk about dating for a second. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, how about that? That was an excellent segue. <laughs> that was a great segue. Uh, so I got a letter. And and this kind of kind of goes along with what we were just talking about. The letter was uh, from a woman, from a reader, mm-hmm. and she's asking about a crush that she has. And her question is, how do you face someone at work who you've been flirting with and communicating with outside of work, and you just found out they have a girlfriend? Now you're kind of you're kind of like duh don't just uh, you know <laughs> keep going to work. And I <laughs> I think there's uh, there's some levels. I like to peel the onion, Sarah. Uh, peel the onion. Look, I I understand she's not saying like should I quit my job? <laughs> you're just like <laughs> my point is you don't have to change anything you're doing if you're not the one being a creep. <laughs> <clears throat> That's a good point. Yes. And I do wondering, I do wonder if she's asking, do I call him on it? And in which case I would say, nope. Don't yeah, make no. a thing of it. No, he already knows he has a girlfriend. He already knows he has a girlfriend and he already knows that he's like, I don't want to, I don't want to say that he knows that he's flirting because I'm not really sure that's the case. I, I think what she's really asking is, how do you deal with the disappointment? Right? Like, mm. I, I know for me, you, you know, on uh, Tuesday, I went to cycling class and I was coming out and I'm on the mat and that guy that I've always had a crush on, he comes out and we always say hi to each other and he goes over and I don't know what he's doing, but I see him with a woman. Okay. And it's a woman I've seen him with a number of times talking. Oh, like his friend? Um, yeah, I don't happen to believe that. <laughs> um, but sure, sure. Let's, let's, to keep things simple, let's say that. And they're talking and I've always picked up on something there between them. And for a second, I felt embarrassed. Like, oh, I thought he liked me or, and I think that's it. It's, it's that, oh, was that just in my head? And now I feel stupid. Hmm. And I think that is what she's asking. Like, Maybe. what do you do when- yeah. You thought this guy liked you, and now you find out he has a girlfriend, and now I feel kind of stupid. And the answer is you're not stupid because no. you didn't know he had a girlfriend. Right. And him having a girlfriend and you thinking he liked you, two sep- totally separate things. Yeah. Yeah, he might have he might have been flirting with you. He know. very well might have been flirting with you. He very well might be interested in you. Um. 
that doesn't mean that uh, you, like I know for me when I always, when I go there, it's because I feel like, oh, you're just so lonely that you're, you're imagining this, Mm -hmm. you know, you're creating this fantasy in your head and I become ashamed because, you know, it's born from a, a, a sense of loneliness. And again, I will say we do not talk enough about loneliness. And instead of saying, okay, so you thought he was cute. He was probably flirting with you. And what's the big deal? Like, girl, why are you being such a drama queen about this? <laughs> this is what I would say to myself. Like, why are you being so down on yourself? And, you know, being down on yourself, like that's that's a that's a trademark of being an abuse survivor. It's shame. You know, shame is so profound in uh, in trauma survivors. So that's why I go there. You know, why somebody else might go there, it's, you know, oh, and now I, now I just feel really stupid because maybe he wasn't flirting with me at all. Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. Yeah. You flirting with a guy, it, that doesn't make you sad or pathetic or desperate. That just makes you a human being who feels attraction and, you know, arousal. And there's, that's normal. There's nothing wrong with that. And if you know he has a girlfriend and that's not something you want to pursue, then you make the decision. I am not going to engage on, in that way anymore. You know, if you work with him, you just keep a professional. Yeah. That's it. And don't blame yourself and don't be ashamed and don't get down on yourself for thinking that somebody was flirting with you. Because nine times out of 10, if you think they're flirting with you, they probably are. Yeah, and also he doesn't know that you feel embarrassed, right? Right. right? Like we, he probably doesn't feel embarrassed, right? Of course not. <laughs> why would he? Man, why would he feel embarrassed? Yeah, I mean, he he probably feels flattered. So right. I, I don't. Yeah, yeah, you don't. You don't have to proceed as though you have experienced shame because right. that's and, not what this is. And think of it this way: I guarantee you that. In no way ever would he think, oh, she found out I have a girlfriend. Oh, God, now I'm so embarrassed that I was flirting with her. Yeah. Because no. that makes me look ABB. <laughs> Trust me, no. he ain't thinking that. No. <laughs> so follow his lead and don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to, that's it. You yeah. didn't do anything wrong. And, you know, now you have just, all you have to do is make a decision. Do I want to engage someone that has a girlfriend that I think is flirting with me? Uh, do I want to pursue this or do I want to back off? Right. And I can't tell you what to do there uh, except say, eh, it is a professional situation. So maybe uh, find another guy because it's just a work situation. Oh, and he, because he has a girlfriend. So there are two things going against this here. Yeah. So I would ask you to acknowledge those two things. But uh, other than that, you didn't do anything wrong. Nope. Nope. Um, one other dating situation okay. that I want to talk about. So. We had a speed dating event. Two people matched. We sent them each other's contact info. I get an email from the guy, and he says, I received an email from so-and-so. She's saying that she did not select me as a match and that she communicated that with you. And and I replied and said, "She's. we never received any communication from anybody about an a, a incorrect match. So he sends me the the conversation. And in the exchange, she says that she's only replying, you know, she's replying back because she didn't want him to be confused. 
Okay. And they did, in fact, match, by the way. Hmm. It was, this happens 99.9% of the time. Whenever someone says, I didn't match with them, we, we always send them their card and we're like, there's a mark on your card. Yes, you did. People forget each other's names, which is typically what happens. Yeah. So uh, th- this used to be more of an issue when traditional online dating was more popular, where we would message anybody we wanted and people would say, oh, I send messages and I don't hear back from anybody. And why doesn't the people just reply and say that they're not interested? Well, they are telling you they're not interested because what am I going to say, Sarah? No answer is an answer. No answer is an answer. And hold on. Jeez, I can't even, that one didn't even go. No answer is an answer. Yes. Okay, great. Oh, jeez. <laughs> okay anyway (laughs) that just makes sense right for us that just makes sense in any case so they are answering they're just not using words when they don't answer so i don't see any need to respond to somebody and say yeah i wasn't really interested in you because in theory it sounds nice right well i just want to be polite but receive an email like that and tell me how polite that feels. Yeah. <laughs> it embarrasses them. You know, that person has put themselves out there and taken that risk. And now you're replying to slap them in the face. And you don't see it as a slap in the face, but that's how it feels. And that's more important. It's not in, in a situation like that. If you want to be sensitive, you need to think about how they are going to feel when they read that. And it's not about you feeling good about yourself because, oh, I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to be so brave. Mm -hmm. Don't do that. Just don't (laughs) do that. But also don't expect that. Don't, you shouldn't, that's an unreasonable expectation to think that people should reply to you and put themselves in a situation, especially women, where if a woman replies and says, hey, thank you, but let me tell you something. 50, that's a, there's a 50-50 chance she's going to be on the receiving end of a barrage of nastiness Yeah, from the guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because that's just how it works. So that's, that's another reason, too. Don't create a situation for yourself where you might end up just having someone spew all their, their bile at you. Any thoughts on that, Sarah? I agree. Okay, great. <laughs> we agree. All right. Sarah, do you have anything to uh, to share? Any Netflix? Oh, that podcast that I gave you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you started listening to it? I did. What did you think? Um, I liked it. I listened to the episode that you recommended. Which mm-hmm. uh, So this pod- podcast is Popcorn Psychology. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about fatal attraction and borderline personality disorder. Yeah, the gist of the the gist of the entire podcast is they they take movies and they examine the mental health issues and themes involved in the movies. Yeah. And I love it because it it, it combines two of my favorite things. Yeah. Psychology and movies. And there are you know there's one for Captain America. There's one for what were some of the other ones? Uh, on. Black Swan. Black Swan. We'll tuck into that later. <laughs> yeah, we'll, 
<laughs> Fight Club. Yeah, uh, there's Harry a- Potter. So on yeah. and so forth. Let's see. Fatal Attraction and Borderline Personality Disorder. Um, it, Chapter 1, Fear, Avoidance, Fictitious Disorder, and something I can't cut off. Fight Club, Disassociative Identity Disorder. Uh, Black Swan, Psychosis, Sexual Abuse, and Environmental Factors. Matilda, Attachment, Parenting, and Protective Fathers. It is fascinating, and I love it. And I would totally be down for ripping them off. <laughs> Not ripping them off. Of course, we would give them credit. But uh, I, I definitely want to talk about Fatal Attraction because that uh, at some point, because I, I think there's so much in there that um, yeah that movie really seems to have uh stuck with us culturally it really did it really really did and to this day where we're still talking about it and but i think we can have a better more evolved and educated conversation about it now because we've evolved since the 80s in certain areas (laughs) you're an asshole (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, look for that. But uh, Popcorn Psychology, is that what it's called? Uh-huh. It's, it's really good. It's three licensed therapists discussing different uh, mental health issues in various pop culture movies. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I liked it. Give it a listen. Guys, follow us, Womenology Pod, on Twitter and Instagram. Rate us five stars on iTunes. We redesigned the website. Let us know what you think. I've redesigned all my websites. And I'm working on Buffs and Brainiacs this weekend. This one's going to be a haul. Sarah, what do you have? Anything? Um, in terms of what? like it's Just anything. A, a referral? Anything. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, I've been reading this book called Long Live the Tribe of Fatherless Girls. Hmm. It's very good. It's a memoir. Um, I just started it, but mm-hmm. I, I really like the style of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started watching Euphoria. That's probably an acquired taste, but I'm into it. Yeah. That's about it. That's about it. All right, people. Thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, I don't think men and women can be friends. I think they can. How about that? All right. All right. Goodbye. Bye.